Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Saturday, November the 11th, 2023. It is the 31st Saturday in Ordinary Time. It is also the Feast of St. Martin of Tours. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or to be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The Pharisees, who loved money, heard all these things and sneered at him. And he said to them, You justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is of human esteem is an abomination in the sight of God. So this is a continuation of yesterday's reading, and it's more about wealth. It's more about just where we invest ourselves. Investment could be a good word here. Where do you invest yourself? You know, we place our money and our time where our heart is. Jesus says, God knows your hearts. What's interesting about that saying, if we really just take that thing at the very end, and I I think this is what I'm going to focus on mostly today, the statement of Jesus God knows your hearts. You justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. First of all, how many times have we all done that? I justify myself. We justify ourselves as good Christians, good Catholics. We justify ourselves maybe at work or with family. Oh, no, I didn't do this. Oh, no, I did it right. So-and-so messed it up. It was the computer that messed it up. It was my stupid phone. We call the smartphones now stupid phones because the AI messes up, uh, you know, the uh, the voice voice uh, texting and things like that. What is of human esteem is an abomination in the sight of God. Well, that's a good point, and we have to remember that. But I I think one little thing that's kind of funny about Jesus saying, "God knows your hearts." Um, and it is kind of one of the points of what I'm going to talk about here today. Um, everybody gets to know our hearts. When you get to know people, you, you get to know their hearts. And what's funny is you get to know their hearts better than they know themselves very often. When someone's heart is in a place of abomination, nowadays we have a word for that, narcissist. <laughs> a lot of these Pharisees were narcissists. And you can tell a person's a narcissist after a while. Maybe not at first because they present themselves well. They clean up well. But after a while, you get to know, oh, this person's a narcissist. This person is not nice. This person only cares about him or herself. God knows your heart. Eventually, we're all going to know your heart too. But we try to justify ourselves. We try to make excuses. We try to puff ourselves up, make ourselves look good. 
We do not want to be an abomination in the sight of God. Yet, we strive so very often for human esteem. It just makes me think of all the times with family and friends that I'll invite them to church. I'll invite them to a talk or whatever. I'll invite them, hey, you want to go to confession? I'm going to confession. And the response I get isn't like, oh, thank you for thinking of me. But no, you know, I, or whatever, you know, or yeah, I'll come with you. But no, it's very often. Why are you saying that? I do that. I do that. Why do I need to do? Why, why are you telling me that? I do that. I know that. If I start to talk to them about some point of faith that I'm really excited about, there's a defensiveness. Yeah, I got that covered. Yeah, I'm, I, that, that's not the primary thing in my mind. But I, I do that. You don't need to talk to me about that. I do that. I got that. And the reality is, if my heart is with God, then the response ought to be, oh, something that involves Jesus, I would love that. That would be amazing. That would be great. And let me see if I can in my schedule, if, if my appointment book, or, you know, maybe you don't want to go with that person, or maybe you don't like that type of prayer. All right, that's cool. You know, maybe I don't want to do praise and worship. I'd rather go to adoration, or instead of adoration, I want to go to a Bible study. Anyway, Jesus talks a lot about wealth as he has in these past couple readings. And we can go back and forth about the dishonest wealth and the true wealth and and being trusted by your master. We were talking about trust yesterday. Um, But I want to talk about just the heart. We invest into things. We invest in things that have to do with where our heart is. We invest our time, talent, and treasure. You will know them by their fruits, Jesus says. Where is your heart? I always recommend that people uh, meditate, of course, do a daily examination of conscience. When doing that, consider the good and the bad. And I recommend people journal. In fact, I recommend people make lists. When we're striving to understand ourselves better when we're striving to grow. It's good that we make lists, you know, do some journaling. What are my favorite things right now? Who are my favorite people right now? Why are these things the case? What are my priorities on the weekend? What are my priorities at nighttime? What do I need to fit in? What are, if you consider like a jar with rocks, what are the big jar or the big rocks I want to get in there first? And then little by little, you put the smaller ones in that fill in the, the, the cracks. And then you put in the sand and then you put in the water. There's always still room. But what are the bigger rocks? So we need to get to know our hearts. A lot of times the people around us know our hearts better than we do. Sometimes they're sitting there talking about it. Not that that should be a motivation for us. In fact, gossip is a sin. We need to get away from it ourselves. I was thinking of a couple stories regarding the heart. One is just a really funny story. I don't know if you're going to find it this funny. We had a dog years ago in our family, and the dog was awesome, big German shepherd. And he, when, you know, when you were out and you came home, he would get excited. He'd jump on you, and he'd kind of squeal a little bit. You know, this big dog with this big, deep bark. When he didn't see you for a while and you were one of the people that he loved, he would just, oh, 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 he'd he'd start squealing and and just in in utter delight. He was so happy to see you. And it was technically, it was my sister's dog. You know, she paid for him. She took care of him mostly. And so, you know, it was her dog. She took him in her room at night. And so she was away for a week 
And every day when she would come home, he would go crazy. She would come home from work and he would just squeal with delight. So she was away for a week and we thought, oh man, he's going to be so happy to see her when she comes in from her week away. However, um, he also got extremely excited when my brother-in-law would come in. But my brother-in-law has this gift with all dogs. Dogs just love him. They go crazy around him. Even dogs he's never met, even the fiercest dogs, they just love him. He has a way about him with dogs, and they love him. So anyway, my brother-in-law and I went to pick up my sister at the airport. The three of us came in the house then after bringing her home. And the dog ran right to my brother-in-law and went crazy over him. And he had just seen him, you know, half hour ago. It was really hilarious because, yeah, he, he hadn't seen my sister in a week. And he was really happy to see her too, but he was more happy to see my brother-in-law. Anyway, a little bit of a funny story, and we laughed our heads off about it. Uh, our story for the day, which indicates where someone's heart truly is, is our Feast of St. Martin of Tours. Martin was a Roman soldier during the time that Christianity had become legalized, but it was not entirely popular yet. And I believe he might have been a catechumen when the story occurred. A man appeared to him on the street, mostly naked, cold, and begging. And Martin had his very uh, thick and warm soldier's uh, uniform on, a soldier's attire. It was like fur. It was like really, you know, just a very comfortable big uh, cloak, you could say, that he was wearing uh, because it was a colder environment. And the man came up begging, you know, please, I'm so cold. And, you know, the other soldiers already made fun of Martin for his faith, but Martin saw this beggar and he thought, well, what shall I do? And, and so what he did was he cut his cloak in half and he wrapped half of it around himself and he wrapped the other half around the beggar. And then they really made fun of him. And then that night when he was sleeping, Jesus appeared to him and gave him back the other part of his cloak and said, that was me. That was I on the street, that you, the, the poor beggar that you helped. Martin showed where his heart is, even though people made fun of him for it. The cloak, just like our money, is just a, uh, it's a symbol. It's a, uh, it's a fruit. It's an outpouring. It's like, all right, this is, you know, where we put our money is determined by where our hearts are. St. Martin, his heart was with Jesus. His heart was with that poor beggar. He didn't care that they made fun of him. He didn't care that maybe he was going to be a little bit cold. How do we find our hearts? I had said it earlier, time, talent, and treasure. You know, we always say that in church when we're trying to get people to give more. But yes, you know, when we say we don't have time for church on Sunday or I don't have time for adoration during the week, okay, or we don't have money to give to church, or whatever, charity, or we don't have the ability, whatever, our time and our talent, we we choose to give them to other things. It's It's not a question of time. If you have a job that literally takes you, you know, 12, 14, 15 hours a day and it's seven days a week and that's it, well, then you need to get a different job. I mean, you're showing by that where your heart is. And we don't live for our jobs. We don't live for the money that we make. I mean, I guess if you have nothing and no one else in your life, okay, but still we need to make time for God. In the end, that's all that's going to matter for all eternity. How much time, talent, and treasure did we give to, to God? 
And you know, there might be particular things about religion that turn us off. Okay, well then we need to find what turns us on. If I don't like this priest, that preacher, get it, go find another one. If I don't like working at a soup kitchen, fine, join the Knights of Columbus, whatever. I don't know, I'm not saying Knights of Columbus are going to save your soul, but there's things that we can do to invest our time, talent, and treasure. Like, I guess specifically I speak of how we pray. If we don't like to pray one way, fine, pray another way. Figure out what works for you. Figure out what turns on your heart. We have to train our hearts to go in the direction that they were made to go in, and that is intimacy with Almighty God. It would be good for us to ponder and journal, what are my greatest desires? What are the things I love most? Because God speaks through all of it. He speaks through the movies that we like, the books that we read, the people that we hang out with. What is it about these particular people? How do I get to know myself better? And sometimes if we're picking the worst people to hang out with, well, maybe I need to work on myself. But what are my greatest loves? That indicates where my heart is. Also, what we endure and why we endure those things. What is it that you're willing to put up with? There's a lot of things we put up with that we really shouldn't. But sometimes we have to. Why? Because the Lord is working through our hearts. He's, that's where he says, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of crosses connected to our greatest loves and connected to our calling in life. So let's take a little inventory today of where our hearts are. I love to do this. I love to journal and just investigate. What are the things in my life that are most important to me? And therefore, what is the Lord calling me to do based on that? For my good, for the good of others, and also to help me in the path to salvation. Of course, sometimes we have sinful desires. You know, we need to check them too. Even with our sinful desires, we have to say, all right, why is it that I desire this thing or that person or this situation? What is it about me that maybe needs a little work? What is it about my heart that needs to be satisfied that perhaps I can find a better way to satisfy? If we uh, read the Gospels and this wonderful TV show has been on recently, The Chosen, explaining some of the Gospel passages, of course, there's a little artistic license, but... One of the great things about the show is that it indicates in every single case, Jesus is the answer to the fulfillment of the heart. A person desires more money. Jesus says, follow me. They drop everything. They follow him. A person desires whatever unhealthy relationships, addictive behaviors. When Jesus shows them the love that they need, they drop all that to follow him. Jesus is the source to all of our problems. What do we need to let go of to follow him? And what do we need? Maybe that's good in our lives through which we find him. Have a great day. God bless.